Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, have you ever been in a presentation where you were bombarded with data? At those presentations where you think you understand, but you actually have your doubts? Or have you been on the other side? Have you had to deliver a data-heavy presentation and thought your audience may not have received the message you want to get across? My next guest thinks it's all down to one thing, storytelling. I'm delighted to welcome to the program uh, Cole Nussbaumer Nafik. You're most welcome to the program. You're an author of a book, Storytelling with you, and it's in the shops now. How are you, Cole? I'm great, Bobby. Nice to be chatting with you today. Absolutely. Now, let's chat about common mistakes people make when when making presentations generally. Cole, um, too much text, too much detail, no real story, but fundamentally is the most important thing is to consider who your audience is before you start anything. Absolutely. And I would say yes to all of those missteps, that those happen frequently. But you've hit the nail on the head with the foundational issue that I think at the core is behind all of that, which is presentations fail oftentimes because we're, we, the ones putting together the presentation, we're communicating for ourselves, for our data, for our message, for the thing we need to make happen rather than really framing the communication for our audience. Because when we do that well, when we design our content and when we think about how we're communicating with our audience's needs in mind first and foremost, it helps us from making those other missteps. Yeah. One of the things that jumped out for me uh, in in the experts of the book that I read was that, you know, there should be a key question Uh, on every presenter's mind and that would be what do I want the audience to do like if you ask yourself that question before any presentation I'd say you're halfway there Absolutely. Because when you have that in mind, the action that you are trying to incite, it just brings a different level of scrutiny for everything that you debate whether to include or how to frame it. And so being very clear on what is it that you are trying to drive or change or impact or make happen as a result of what you need to communicate. And that actual action can take a ton of different <clears throat> forms. Uh, you know, Sometimes it might be a decision that has to be made. Other times it may just be a discussion that has to happen or some options to consider or additional data to go after. But I think too often when people are putting together presentations and communications and graphs, it's with the idea idea that they simply want to inform, right? I just want my audience to know this thing that they didn't know before. But I think that is too passive of a goal because if you are the one communicating, you likely know that topic better than anyone else, which puts you in a unique position to be able to help others derive greater value from it. But to get there and to have the right sort of robust conversations and discussions, you have to make it clear to your audience what you need to have happen or what you want them to react to in order to have that discussion. Because I find when we put things out there simply to inform, it's much too easy for the audience to say, oh, that's interesting. And then they turn their attention onto something else and the conversation never even happens. Whereas 
even if we suggest something that's not quite right, or you know, the audience has a different view of what should happen next, it starts a conversation that's focused on the right kind of things. And that's really what we want to have happen most of the time. You're really saying that every presentation should have a plot, a twist, and a kind of a, a, a very strong ending. I would say anytime you're going to be presenting, think about whether that is a structure that could that you could benefit from or that uh, your audience could benefit from structuring things that way. Because too often the default tendency that we fall into for structuring our presentations is this thing happened and then that led to that and that led to this and that led to this other thing. And we end up on this very linear path uh, that, you know, is a chronological recount of what happened and what brought us to today, which is what you need to go through oftentimes, you know, over the course of a project or an analysis. But then once you reach the point of needing to communicate that to someone else, and particularly in this scenario where you have something you need your audience to now do, that's the perfect scenario to think about how you might structure using some components of story. And particularly, and I think for for those, uh, when I say this, where that feels too foreign or too different from how things have been done in the past, I would ask you to start by just identifying and answering or saying and answering one question. And that is, what is the tension here? And so what's the tension in my story, in the thing I need to communicate? There is always tension present if it's something worth communicating. Uh, If there really isn't, then you might want to question whether you need to communicate at all. And just coming back to that original idea we talked about, it's not the tension necessarily that matters to you as the communicator, but rather the tension that's going to matter to your audience. And so for that, you can think about what is at stake for them? What do they stand to gain or what are the benefits? What's going to happen in a good way to the things that they care about if they act in the way I think that they should? Or the flip side of that, what what could go wrong? What are the risks if they don't act accordingly? Because if you can identify that and use that as a place from which to communicate, you will naturally get your audience's attention and motivate them to act because you're framing it in something that is core to what they care about. And that feels like magic when you do it well. So when we come back then to the presentation, Cole, um, you know, are we talking about what? how important is the entertainment factor? You know, should you have jokes? Uh, again, you've studied your audience. Again, I'm taking that as the basic premise that you know who you're sp- speaking to. But, you know, sh- should you be, should your style of presentation be very different relative to the different audiences? Great question. And so it's going to depend. And certainly the audience is one, the audience and the setting are big components of that in terms of particularly something like jokes. Is that going to play well, right? Is it a scenario where lighthearted and funny and getting people laughing and uniting them in that way makes sense or does it not? And and sometimes it depends on what you're communicating as well. If you're communicating bad news, it's probably not the time to do your stand-up routine. Um, But I would say another factor, and so we've talked about a couple already, right? So audience, the setting, you know, what needs to be communicated and the tone that's going to make sense for that. There's also something really important about being authentic to yourself. 
And so me, for example, I, I don't consider myself a very funny person. If I make a joke, it's going to be like a stupid statistics joke that probably I'm the only one who thinks is funny. And so we love jokes in this program, so don't be afraid to tell one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I rarely would do any sort of off-the-cuff joke. If there's something funny that I happen to say at one point, then I'll know w whether and when I can bring that up maybe at another point, uh, if that's going to work well. Um, but yeah, being authentic to yourself. And one of the things that I like to coach people is the next time you find yourself talking about something, and this could be with a friend or a partner or a colleague, something that you're really excited about, really passionate about about, right? It might be your favorite sports team or you know, a current event topic, whatever it is. And just notice what you do. Notice what you do with your body language, right? Do you use your hands? How are you? Um, you know, are your shoulders relaxed? Are they up? Are you, are you big? Are you small? How are you using your voice? Do you get louder and bolder? And does your voice take on a different tone or, you know, when, when do you kind of soften or allow the other person to jump in? Because when we can understand what sort of tendencies are natural to ourselves, and then you want to think about when you're communicating, when might you amp some of those natural tendencies up? And again, the setting is going to be so important because a, a small meeting where you're sitting around a table with other people will call for a very different level of, I'll just say amp, right? If we're thinking of amping up natural tendencies, then if you're on stage delivering a keynote presentation, right? For the latter, you have to be bigger and bolder and more dramatic than you would ever be in a small setting because yeah. you've been shrunk down in size from the perspective of those in the room who are watching you. You describe yourself as as an introvert. So yeah. somebody who is very introverted doesn't, you know, I, I'm amazed that this is your your specialist subject. <laughs> Me but too, the, honestly. <laughs> but the importance of, of practice and confidence building, yes. that's often overlooked when it comes to presentations. If I could dispel one myth, it would be the myth that some people are just born natural speakers, natural storytellers, right? Because I feel like that's an excuse that too many people use to not address maybe the, the gap in themselves when it comes to that. Right? It's easy to say, oh, that person's just a good storyteller. That person, you know, they don't even have to think about it. They can just communicate so eloquently. You know, maybe in rare instances that happens naturally, but for the most part, when you observe someone who is doing something well, right, and that can be anything, and speaking is one of those things, they have achieved that through a great deal of practice yeah. and refining and looking uh, harshly at times at their own skill set and gaps between where they are and where they want to be, and then using that to motivate themselves and continue to refine. And I think about my own progression, and you're absolutely right. I identify as an introvert. My most comfortable space is in a room by myself, behind a computer, really not interacting with other people. But it became clear for me over the course of time that if I wanted to have 
the level of impact that I thought I could have, I was limiting myself in that environment. And so for me, it, you know, it started out in the data space where we're teaching, I was teaching people how to make graphs and communicate visually with data that as I started to do that, and luckily I, I was passionate enough about that, that I think my passion propelled me through, you know, all of the awkward <laughs> early presentations on that. But then I also used every time I talked with another person as an opportunity to be a thorough witness <laughs> to that process and understand what works and what works better and what works less well and really hone in on you know the micro movements in someone's facial expression to try to understand how as I did things differently or talked about things differently or increasingly you know use my body differently in terms of standing up moving around a space you know, understanding okay. the difference between when I'm standing up versus sitting down and how that impacts the dynamic of a group and just using each of these things over time to learn, uh, to try out new things, to build my confidence, to become credible in front of any sort of audience. And for me, reflecting back, and that's really the driving factor behind the latest book. If I figured out how to do this, anybody can. It's, it's yeah. great to talk to you. I'm looking forward to hearing one of your presentations someday. <laughs> it's a new book. It's called Storytelling with You. The author is uh, Cole Nussbaumer Nafik. And thanks for joining us, Cole. That was great. Thanks, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.